remix of Linkin Park's In The End. I was thinking about Chester this weekend, actually. Oh, yeah? And when he came by our studio to perform, Mm. um, and he was really nervous. Do you remember that? I'm, uh, he w- he was having a tough day because he was getting over being sick, mm. and um, they were performing live for us, mm-hmm. and it was a recorded performance. So we were going to do the interview kind of live. Actually, we were recording after our show for the next day. Yeah. So we recorded the interview, and then they were going to do a song, but yeah. they had a chance to redo it mm-hmm. because Chester's voice was a bit of a mess. Well, he was like being so hard on himself. Yeah. I remember being like, oh, sounds great. Like, <laughs> And he was such a perfectionist. And I was watching that Amy Winehouse documentary. We were talking about it, I think, on one of our podcasts last week. I was watching it again this weekend because it was on TV, and it just sucked me in. And Tony Bennett was saying, like, oftentimes the people who go on stage and perform in front of the biggest audiences uh, and the most talented people are the most nervous right before. Mm. Just made me think of, like, people like Beyonce. Is Beyonce backstage, like, quivering before she has to go on? You know? Because you don't picture that. I bet you, though, (laughs) first show of a big tour... She might be nervous and anxious, but once they get in their rhythm and they're performing every other night, whatever the schedule is, mm-hmm. it must become like, you're not super nervous because you got it down. Yeah. But yeah, when when, it, when you're a singer, your throat, man, that would be tough. Fuck. It's not like you can take your trumpet and clean it out. Yeah. It's like well, your, your instrument is inside of you. Yeah, and it's hard because, you know, especially when you're in a big band and you're like touring. I mean, Bunnis can probably relate to this because he toured with his band. I mean, you could be hungover and you could have a bit of a cold Bundus, but if you could play the guitar, you're fine. But if you have to sing yes, and your throat's true. off, that just like, that would be such a mind fuck in mm-hmm. that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, yeah. But, and also, though, like singers, I think, tend to have a little bit of like a diva tendencies where, I mean, I can't count on my hands how many times we'd have to cancel studio sessions or practices because Dan, our singer, you know, he just wasn't feeling up to singing that day. And it got to the point where I was like, are you just bullshitting us because, what, you want to see your girlfriend or you want to mm-hmm. fucking play video games? I don't know. Like, it just seemed like it was a constant excuse. His heart wasn't in it, maybe, anymore at that point. I don't know. I don't know what it was. Because when, like, when he would rehearse or when we would play live, like, he'd be be awesome and he'd be super into it. But it just seemed like, I don't know if he was going through depression or, mm. or something else was going on, but it just seemed like he was using that as an excuse more often than it was... Uh, likely to be true, mm-hmm. but I can imagine if you're in a if you're recording something, you want to do the best job you can, and if, if you feel like you didn't nail it, that you'd want to redo it. So I totally get like that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like get into the studio and try. Like don't just like oh yeah. Well, don't Chester cancel. was trying. He was uh, tr- yeah. He he just had to do a couple of takes because his voice was not. He he had to hit this one note, mm-hmm. and uh, he couldn't quite like get there. Yeah, a couple of times, but it sounded great in the end. In the end. in the end. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Who was the chick singing uh, that remix? Was it Halsey? Uh, no, 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 no. Forget uh, that song. A bunch of people you've never heard of. <laughs> um, that is the. If you want to find it, it's called In the End, and it's the Melon M E L L E N G I remix. Nice. And it's like Tommy Prophet and Fleury. Hmm. Is there are the artists? 
But uh, it's a cool version of that song. Mm. It just happens to be on the Tucker Chill Mix. You oh, know? Just yeah. Just one of those songs. Just one of those tunes you chill out to, eh? Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking about that Meghan Markle, Prince Harry interview last mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. Two hours with Oprah Winfrey. And I, I, there was something that I wish I would have seen that I didn't see in it. What's that? And then just some accountability for having signed up for that royal life. Mm -hmm. There was no accountability on Meghan Markle's part for what she signed up for. She claimed she had no idea what she was headed towards. And I find that unbelievable. Mm -hmm. It's impossible to me that with everything we know about the royal family, everything we've seen heading into this, the fact that she was dating a royal before they were engaged, that there was no like set up to what life would be like once they were married and living as working royal members. Mm-hmm. I knew what she was headed towards. I was I was like shocked that everyone's so excited about this wedding because I knew it <laughs> meant that she was going to be stripped of her own individuality and her own ability to act and do what she loves to do. Yeah. But saw maybe it because a mile away. maybe because she grew up in the U.S., they're just the monarchy's not like h- how it's pushed down your throat when you're growing up in Canada. I mean, I remember I was saying earlier this morning I had a picture of Prince William in my locker. That's because he was in like Teen Beat magazine or okay. something like that. Let me ask you, know? you this: You meet Matt, right? Yeah, and um, you are getting ready for your first family function. Mm-hmm. What do you tell him before the family function? To give him a little like 411 and what, oh, how it's going to go down? he's coming to meet my family? Yeah, he's oh. coming to meet your family? Yes. You're going to be like, oh, just so you know, my family is blank dot dot dot. Yeah, yeah. Every time, They're right? They're going to ridicule you, yeah. Yeah. And that's how they show their love, yes. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to set him up for that experience. Yeah. You're telling me that even if Meghan Markle, and by the way, let me, I'll play you the clip here. This is Oprah basically saying like, you didn't even like, look up the royal family when you uh, were headed towards like being with prince harry hang on i gotta stop this here yeah so here she is sort of like asking her about it and if you're going to marry a royal then you would do research about what that would mean well i didn't do any research about you didn't what that do would any mean research no i've never looked up my husband online i just didn't feel a need to because everything that i need but do, do, don't you think that like if you're headed into that life you would look into it a little bit what will life be like if i'm married to a prince a hundred percent i would have liked to have seen her and i don't get me wrong she had some challenging situations to deal with mm-hmm. it can't be easy being a member of the royal family and being scrutinized for everything you do mm-hmm. and never being as good as kate middleton because they <laughs> certainly played the two of those against each yeah, other yeah they really do which is sad um, and and i'm sure it was really difficult if you're having mental health struggles and you're not feeling like you're getting any support from the family like all of that would be terrible to deal with but Mm -hmm. at the same time i would have liked to have seen Meghan markle say you know what i had an idea that it was going to be hard and i know i signed up for it but it was way harder than i expected she's (laughs) making it seem like she had no idea what was going to happen none at all yeah 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 and that would be then the fault is like on her a little bit for uh-huh. not looking into it. It seemed that they were a little bit vague too. Like they dropped a lot of bombs, as we say, but they're so vague that it's really hard for you to pick a side. 
You know? Yeah, I felt like it was a little unfair to the royal family a little bit, especially when they brought up the uh, topic of Archie's uh, skin tone tone conversation. Mm -hmm. They basically alluded to the fact that people within the uh, royal family or royal family's organization, the people that like, look, handle all the affairs, that somebody in there had some concerns about what color Archie's skin would be. But they... So... Uh, let me play you the clip. Okay. But here you're going to hear Harry talk about how he, you know, they bring it up, but he won't talk about what was brought up or who said it. That conversation, <laughs> I'm never going to share. Um, but at the time, at the time it was awkward. I was a bit shocked. Um, can, you, can you tell us what the question was? No, I don't, I'm not comfortable with sharing that. Okay. So they brought it up. They're, they're comfortable with planting the seed, yes. but not comfortable talking about what was discussed and i think that it's fine that he doesn't want to out anybody yeah but if you're gonna bring it up you got to be a little more clear about what the discussion was Mm -hmm. because now you're allowing people to jump to conclusions and i don't think you're giving the royal family an opportunity to um tell us their side of the story because it always there's always two sides of every story yeah right? and they won't even know how to react to that because they don't even really know what the conversation was probably inappropriate seeing as it made them so upset right but just give us an idea yeah by harry's tone it sounds like it was absolutely out of line but we just don't yeah. even have an idea of what what was said what was going on yeah but i hey. don't know i tell i tell you like looking at them together she the, I was, they spent over an hour with her and then they invited Harry into the conversation. It was more about Megan. It was definitely her interview. Yes. It was her interview and she was driving the conversation to the point where at times when Prince Harry was trying to describe something, she would take control of the conversation in order to finish his Mm. point. Like she is, uh, she's driving that show right now. And, um, you know, I, I can't imagine that they're going to be invited back to Buckingham Palace anytime <laughs> soon. Like well, that bridge is on fire. Yeah. yeah Something yeah. else that was shocking is it seemed like they were complaining about their wedding a little bit. Which they looked sick. beautiful, by the way. I got up early and watched that wedding. They uh, revealed in the interview that they were actually secretly married days before the big public wedding. This thing, this spectacle is for the world but we want our union between us. So like the vows that we have framed in our room are just the two of us in our backyard with the Archbishop of Canterbury. And, <laughs> oh, and that was the piece that- Just the three of us. Just the three of us. Really? Just the three of us. Just the three of us. She almost seemed annoyed that she had to have the wedding for everybody else. Like, oh, that was for everybody else, mm. not for us. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, that's like every wedding, Megan. <laughs> or 90% of the weddings. It's a lot of weddings there for, you're sitting there going, oh my God, this isn't about me. This is about my mom and all her friends or my dad and his work buddies yeah yeah right like who really has a wedding just for that i pulled it off i have to say yeah your second time second time round yeah 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 yeah. and you learn the hard way when you have a wedding for yourself chances are it's not your first wedding it's the second time round because you've had the first one (laughs) where you tried to make everyone happy and you realize it's almost impossible to do that yeah and it's almost impossible for you to enjoy your day while doing that too right so i mean i didn't even invite anyone to my second wedding it was more like we're doing this if you want to come great if you don't want to come i totally understand because i uh i remember my brother saying to me uh for my first wedding he said like 
trust me, I have something else I'd rather be doing on a Saturday night. <laughs> really? <laughs> I was kind of like, okay, well, fuck, go do it then, you know? Yeah. And no hard feelings. Like, my mom did not come to my second wedding, and I kind of knew she wouldn't. Um, so, And that's okay, you know? I really don't care. Yeah, you didn't... Uh, no, uh, I think she would have had a great time. Why didn't she come? Because it was in Italy. And so, like, you didn't think about uh, taking her on the trip with you? Yeah. I mean, we would have... It would have been perfect for her because we picked everybody up at the airport. Yeah. We organized hotels for everyone. I guess the thing is, it was a last-minute choice to get married We got. We we decided in, You were doing the trip anyway? January, and then we we were doing the trip anyways, but uh, we decided we'd get married while we were there. So it it was in May. So it was like, yeah, if you want to go, a lot of people like more time to plan that kind of a trip. Yeah. It's far to go. More invited me, Bundus. Yeah, Tucker wedding. was invited. I had oh. like a, well, I, I had like a four week uh, window from when I got invited just started, to when the trip was uh, happening. We had just started working together yeah. the month before. I'm like, you should come. Yeah, it would have been fun, but I couldn't have got away to make the trip worthwhile because you were gone. Mm. I was, you know, needed to stay. Right. It didn't make sense. They didn't really have a system in place to cover both of us being off. Yeah. But it would have been fun. I mean, a good excuse to go to Italy. Yeah. Now I realize um, that's the most fun I have when I travel is if I have like a wedding to go to. Because then, just like when you went to Monaco, Bundes, it's like a whole group of people. When are you in Europe with like 30 people? It's very rare. Now, it's hard to get into a restaurant (laughs) when you're walking through like a touristy town and you've got such a big group. But it's also like so much fun to be abroad with such a big group of people. What I liked about what I did when I went was I went before everybody went to France. Yeah. And I spent the beginning part of my week traveling all over France, going to Monaco, going to Nice, you know, all the different cities, Paris. And then we all converged um, in Lyon to, to go to the wedding, partied it up, and then I had a couple more days till I had to get it on a plane and I could leave and do more of my own things. Perfect. So yeah. It was a really interesting way to like travel, see different things, and then party with your best friends at the same get time. Get the best of both worlds. I had a friend who was invited to a wedding in Budapest. <laughs> I love the way you didn't say go, that. Though. Didn't, didn't go, though. Didn't go? I couldn't, I forget why, but logistically it was going to be too tough. I think it was because we had just had our second child. Oh. And uh, I couldn't leave Deb with like a, you know, a two-year-old and a, and a nothing-year-old. Newborn. Aww, yeah, yeah it, was, it. it was bad timing. But my friends that did go had a great time. And some of them went off and did other, you know, ex- excursions. Yeah, yeah. You go do your own thing. You know, and- a destination wedding's great when you want to go. Yeah. Not so great when you're forced to go. Oh, 100%. Like, um, and, and not that I have regrets over it, but like my sister-in-law got married in Cabo. I was like, oh, cool. We'll go check out Cabo. That sounds great. But I don't know if the people, like, I feel like the travel agent that booked the trip for them didn't factor in all the variables properly. For example, they got married in February Mm -hmm. and Cabo in February is not super warm. What? The daytime highs are like 20 degrees. Overnight lows could be like five, six, seven degrees. Oh, shit. Yeah, and it's way further and more expensive to go there than it is to go to Cancun or Mayan mm. or uh, Cozumel or some oh. other part of Mexico. So here we are, 
And the other thing that they didn't factor in, and, and you know, I don't blame my sister-in-law mm. and my former brother-in-law um, for it, but like we couldn't even swim at the beach with our kids because this undertow is too strong oh. in that part of Mexico. It's not safe to swim. Did um. Did they pick Cabo for a reason? Like it was sentimental or something? Uh, no, a travel agent recommended this would be a great resort for them to get married at. So here we are all in Cabo, literally sitting around the pool with <laughs> towels over us because we're chilly. Because <laughs> when the wind blows, you're freezing. <gasps> that and, sucks. Uh, and, and the whole trip was like, oh man, it was a lot of money. I just remember uh, in airfare alone, it was going to be thousands of dollars. And we ended up using points for that portion of it and booked the hotel separately. Do you think and that then, the... And then my former brother-in-law, I can say this because he's not going in the process of not being my brother-in-law anymore. Oh, okay. Then I'll tell you what really pissed me off was when he, tell, he told me how like cheap his wedding was. I was like, holy shit. Oh, because he did a destination wedding. Yeah, and yeah. For, if they get enough people, they got like a whole free week out of it. Fuck. And I'm like, this Seems was like the scam. most expensive wedding I've ever been at. Right. And you're bragging about how it cost you like next to nothing to get married. And I was like, okay, well. It seemed like the travel agent, just when you're telling that story, like it was a bit of a scam. Like, no, it was a family friend who was a travel agent too, I think. Oh. I just, they weren't very like, they didn't know. And mm. was I, there something outstanding like oh the wedding venue that this hotel had It was, was a really nice resort. Cabo is a really beautiful place. Mm-hmm. But it's it's kind of like going to uh the Bahamas in January. You can get hot days, but if you have an 18 degree day, that could also be normal for January. Okay. You know? Gotcha. There's no guaranteed weather hot weather that time of year and because it's like a desert uh at night it gets freaking cold. We were the wedding uh dinner was outside. Uh-huh. It was freezing. We're wearing jackets, <laughs> shivering. Like whoever whoever their travel agent is, I should have apologized after that experience, yeah. I think. But it was a beautiful spot. Are travel agents even a thing anymore? Like do they yeah. still exist? Yeah. You know, and they can provide a great service, you know, if you, especially if you're visiting a place you've never been to, mm-hmm. if they have the expertise. Um, but don't websites and reviews have the same kind of thing? Like, why are you? Do, and I, I don't think I've, I've never used a travel agent, so I don't know. Like, do they work on commission or something? Like, well, what's the benefit of going through a travel agent? Do they usually it's experience, and it's them telling you like, uh, okay, I want to go to Germany. I don't want to spend a lot of money, but I want to be in a clean hotel in uh, Munich. Where do you recommend I go? And mm-hmm. then they would be like, oh, well, you got to stay here. It's the cheapest, cleanest place you'll find for that money. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that inside information. You're right. If you're willing to do a lot of the work yourself, yourself, like when we were going to this Cabo place, as soon as I found out where the resort was i looked it up and i immediately found out that it wasn't a safe beach for kids to go swimming i was like oh man that sucks it's the first vacation i've ever been on with my family and my kids can't go swim in the ocean and uh whatever you know like it was a fun trip anyway Mm -hmm. i've got a destination wedding coming up in uh bahamas and i think they're planning on going in the fall you know obviously with covid everything's all over the place is it but it's still happening uh, well, the it trip? was supposed to happen last year oh, during okay. the pandemic, so they've yeah. pushed it. They haven't rescheduled the date yet, but like September was when they were thinking. So we were thinking of ripping down to the Bahamas oh. just for a weekend. Bahamas is amazing to go to is because it? it's short to travel. How long? Like is the if flight? you fly from Toronto, it's it's like flying to Miami. It could be under three hours. Sweet. Depending on you know if they're if they're running late or 
gunning it or whatever, but right. it's about a three-hour flight to Bahamas. Okay. And uh, that time of year, it'll be beautiful. It'll yeah. be so warm. Yeah, and the bride, she has local family there. So that's always oh, the best, yeah. too, when you have like some local contact. And then the other one is Cairo. Bride is from Cairo. So... That would be yeah. unbelievable. Like, what a great... I've always wanted to go to Egypt, but it would be so great to go with a huge group of people and also some locals. Yeah, you got to yeah. be careful. Like, I want to go to Egypt, too. I would love to see the Great Pyramids. It's you dangerous. Gotta, you got to be careful there. Yeah. That, I wouldn't go to Egypt right now, personally. I'm too much of a chicken shit. Well... It's pretty unstable. Like, you, you know, there's... I don't think it's right now. I think it's not, it's not this summer. It's like next summer that they're planning. I Plus, you know, they know how have, much is going to change in one summer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cairo, but you know. Good I feel like Cairo point. 10 years ago was safer than Cairo today, but I don't know. Right. And I'm, again, I'm chicken when it comes to like going to those destinations. Like Morocco, people go, they say it's an amazing experience. I'd be probably like worried. My sister went. Yeah. Said it was awful. Awful? awful. Yeah. Our friend Robin went. She loved it. Loved it. Yeah. Yeah, my sister did not like it. It's crazy how you can have such different experiences. You well, it know? depends what you're going for. Yeah. You know? She she was very uncomfortable walking around um, until a friend, a guy friend of hers showed up uh, a couple days later. Mm-hmm. And then once he kind of arrived, she felt a little safer traveling through through Morocco. But prior to that, she did you not You really it. realize the difference between the, being a man and a woman when you travel sometimes in different countries and how lucky we are to be Canadian. You know, I, I remember that all the time when I'm traveling, like, oh shit, I'm not safe necessarily just because I'm a woman, you know? How much does that suck? Yeah. It sucks, guys. Yeah. You, you know, so uh, on International Women's Day, it's too bad. It also sometimes can suck if you look American and sound American. Oh my God, totally. Right, depending on the country you go to. If they assume you're Americans, they might want to like... Make a point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's why Canadians put those Canadian flags on their backpack when they're backpacking. That's why Americans put Canadian flags on their backpack (laughs) when they go traveling. Yeah. They want to impersonate Canadians. Yeah. Because our reputation globally is a little more intact than Mm -hmm. theirs is. Mm -hmm. Especially uh, over the last little while. Friendly weed smokers. I'll take that reputation, right? Yeah, or in some countries, like liberators, you know? Mm-hmm. Go to like, I mean, even still to this day, parts of Europe, if they know you're Canadian, will be like so appreciative of what our ancestors did to, you know? Yes. Free them of the Nazis. Thank God. Yeah. I tried so hard and got so By the way, uh, this song, if you search for it on like Spotify, for example, mm-hmm. in the end, the Melon, M-E-L-L-E-N-G-I remix, you can find a playlist that's all like remixes from these people oh, that cool. are responsible for it. There's a lot of really cool songs in there. I dig it. Some of them with some big drops. Oh, yeah? Not quite as chill as this one. Glow yeah. sticks. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Talk to you soon. Hi. 
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.